Welcome to the Boosting Business Breakthroughs podcast, where coaches gain the confidence, motivation, and expertise to make their next business breakthrough. I am your host, Lori Young, certified master marketer, business growth coach, and all-around truth teller. Breakthroughs can come with flashes of absolute clarity, sudden shifts in mindset, learning new skills, changes in habits, or anything else that changes the course of your coaching business. So if you're ready to be inspired and break through to your next level of growth, let's go. Welcome to episode 16 of the Boosting Business Breakthroughs podcast for coaches. Today, we are going to be talking about how having an online business manager on your team can actually help you grow your business. We'll be looking at what is an online business manager, and we'll be talking about the ways that you will know if you are ready for an online business manager and actually how they are able to support you. And I have a great guest with me uh, today. Her name is Keldy, and I'm going to do a formal introduction, and then I'll do a little bit of an informal uh, introduction. So Keldy Jamison teaches corporate dropouts, virtual assistants, project managers, freelancers, and others how to create a business leading and managing other entrepreneurs' online businesses where they can create their ideal lifestyle, have great income opportunities, and make a real impact on the lives of their clients as an online business manager. She is a certified online business manager trainer, coach, and founder of the OBM Leadership Academy. With over 30 years experience working in corporate leadership, operations, and administration, she understands what it takes to lead, manage, and scale a successful business. Kelly has had the pleasure to work with some of the most influential, mission-driven, and passionate women in the online entrepreneurial world, helping them to grow their community, businesses, and teams. And in the process, she's been able to fulfill her own dream of empowering tens of thousands of women. And she's done that by helping her clients' business and team to run more smoothly so they can focus on transformations for their own audience and communities. But what I really want to say about Keldy, so Keldy, yes, she has a lot of really great experience that she's going to bring uh, to you guys today. But Keldy secretly is my supplier of cheesies. (laughs) And if you don't, if you don't know what cheesies are, they are the Canadian version of Cheetos and they are 10 times better than Cheetos. They are so addicting. (laughs) So if you ever have an opportunity to to go to Canada, and I don't think they're in Eastern Canada. I could not find them in Eastern Canada, but uh, you're in Western Canada, right? Correct, yes. So Kelly was sweet enough to actually send me a little shipment of cheesies from Western Canada. And oh my gosh, my spouse and I like devoured them. They, They are a favorite I think across Canada, I don't know why, for some reason, they're not where you were visiting, uh, but they're actually manufactured, I guess, central Canada. So I just assumed they were everywhere, but they are a staple. They are not healthy. No. (laughs) But they are so addicting. Uh, I'm so glad that you like them because it's just one of those things we grew up with. Right. And um, I've tried Cheetos and they're not bad, but they were still just not they were not the uh, they're the not as good as cheesies they are <laughs> but the one thing that uh, one thing about cheesies that i noticed and maybe i'm wrong but i don't think they have preservatives do they uh i'm not sure because they never last that long <laughs> exactly else. and i I, I think i think we were looking at that and they don't have preservatives which means when you open the bag you need to eat them quickly because <laughs> because that they don't true. last that is true. They will go stale. Yes. Yeah. So that must be no preservatives. Well, thank you for inviting me to come on your podcast. I'm so excited that you are doing this and that you're helping entrepreneurs. And yeah. I'm really excited to be here. And yes, I am your cheesy supplier. Yes, you so. are. <laughs> Why don't we start by you just sharing a little bit about your story? Like, how did you get into the whole world of OBMs? that's kind of the short for online business manager and like how you're, you know, you got to doing what you're doing right now. So, oh my goodness. Um, more than a decade ago, uh, I decided that I was leaving corporate. 
Okay. And I left corporate because I was uh, disconnected from my youngest child. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to work online in some capacity. And I had heard the term virtual assistant, but I had never heard the term OBM or online business manager. And so I was trying to market myself as some kind of a virtual partner. I didn't know what I was doing. I took virtual assistant courses, uh, realized that I could make someone a really ugly website, um, that kind of thing. I'm not creative that way. Uh-huh. And so uh, what happened for me was I heard the term online business manager and then found the book, Becoming an Online Business Manager, read it and went, that is exactly what I want to do with people. Uh, this is exactly the type of industry I want to be in. I wanted mm-hmm. to be remote so that I could uh, connect with my children again, because this way I could work from home and I could travel and do all these kind of things with my family. So fast forward, I was able to reconnect with my daughter, which was the main uh, reason that I decided to work for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's been a decade, uh, more than a decade for me as a certified online business manager. I went through the training and all of that kind of stuff and met you in that community a long time ago. And uh, what happened for me was probably, oh, five years ago, not quite five years ago, my husband and I decided that we really wanted to travel and have possibly this digital nomad life. Mm-hmm. And an opportunity arose for me to um, become a trainer of okay. the program that I love so much. And I had been asking to be a trainer, like, are you going to allow us to have other people train uh, for a long time? And I was really excited when the opportunity arose and that I was chosen. Um, and the idea is that I would be traveling the world and I knew that I needed to jump on the opportunity uh, before my husband even sold his business because I don't know about the rest of you, but I was not going to be the re- the reason that we were not fulfilling our dreams and our goals as a couple. Right. So I was like, I'm all in. I am now going to ch- uh, train the next generation of OBMs. That's really how I feel because mm-hmm. this online world is really just taking off. And you know, since things happened in 2020 more and more people have come online and are now discovering the industry, but more and more people are just coming online in general and building wonderful uh, businesses, great ways that they're impacting um, and helping other people. And so I am just like super excited to be the, the somebody who is training other people to step into this role. Mm -hmm. Online business managers are definitely needed. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I became this trainer to be able to fulfill we didn't actually get to travel the world yet because, you know, with everything that went on, my husband wasn't able to sell his business as quickly. Okay. But we now have our succession plan in place with our awesome. children are taking over. So it's all really good. And I'm uh, excited that this is now going to be that next level for me. I am excited to, tra- uh, to travel and to, um, you know, this. I got to do what I was doing for my career for the for for 30 years mm-hmm. and transition it online. And so I didn't have to reinvent myself. I didn't have to go and and learn a whole bunch of new skills. Right. I got to take my quirks and my uniqueness and my strengths and I got to create this business for myself. Um and it's, you know, I've been in business since 2009. Um and, you know, I never thought that I would be a business owner, but now I would make an awful employee. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well just stick to being a business owner, right? Exactly. exactly. So you said you've been in business since 2009. So that's quite a, quite a few years. Tell me about like a business breakthrough that you've had that you feel like actually like made a shift or like just changed the course of your business? So I've actually had a recent shift. So I've had this, uh, for the last couple of years, I've sort of been on this journey of curiosity about my mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as we get older, we start to question why have things never changed? Uh, Certain things have ever changed. And I discovered that I have a belief that was ingrained in me from my parents who were entrepreneurs, by the way, as well. But okay, the the belief is that work has to be hard. So if you want to be successful, you got to work hard, you got to do lots of hours, you Mm -hmm. know, that is how you become successful. And in this online space, I know that that's not true. When it comes to the number of hours and all the things that we have to do for ourselves, because literally, I'm working with 
very passionate, influential, influential women who are delegating mm -hmm. and they are getting to just do what they're excellent at in their business. And so they're not working as hard as I believed that everyone had to work in a business. Right. And so when I realized I had this belief, now I'm starting to bust that belief. I, I'm not going to say I'm 100% over it. It's been ingrained in me for over 50 years that that's the story. So, but I, I know that it's not true. And what's interesting is this last year, I really set my business up to be different. Okay. I no longer wanted to work so many hours. I wanted to be able to travel. I, I'm a new grandmother. I wanted to be able to have time for my granddaughter and my daughter and just to have more personal time. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did was I blocked off Fridays on my calendar. And then a month or two later, I closed my door at a certain time and it's blocked in my calendar that I closed my door. And I decided that I was going to force the change of not working so hard by putting it into my calendar because I kind of live on my calendar a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, interestingly enough, um, I got more revenue. <laughs> I have wow. more energy, so I'm serving my clients better. Um, and I have that time with my family. And I, it, it was very interesting for me to see it. I didn't even realize I was making more revenue. I wasn't necessarily tracking all of that for myself because I felt like I was still having to really cram a lot of work in that time. So I became very focused, which is better. Mm -hmm. And then when I would leave the office, I would close the door. Uh, and then when you started to look at my metrics and my numbers and I'm like, wait a minute, I made more money this year and I worked less. Like, how do you, like, what do you think, like, how do you think that shift in your mindset and that change in the number of hours that you're actually working actually generated more revenue? Uh, I think part of it was energy from being able to rejuvenate myself instead of just, you know, in the office all day, all day long. Okay. I started to delegate off mm. to a team, which is something that I was always managing a team for others. But then in my business, I started to delegate to a team. So I was not the one doing all of the stuff. And then I could also empty my head. So there was a lot more clarity, I think, than when I showed up for conversations Okay. for clients that I had more energy, I was more passionate, I was more excited. Uh, honestly, I really can't even tell you what the secret sauce was, except that those are the only changes that I made. And I made more revenue and I had more fun. And it, I think that makes a difference, right? When we have yeah. energy and clarity, we're not, you know, all brain foggy or whatever's going on for us. It can make a huge difference. And just even the delegation and, and, you know, creating that team mm -hmm. for myself so that I feel supported um, was interesting because a lot of times as a service provider, like I'm so used to uh, managing and leading other teams and supporting someone else. Right. That's what I do. I'm a, I, I serve them and I support. And then even though I didn't feel alone in my business because of our community and things that we're part of, I was alone in doing all this stuff. And it took that right. shift of why do I believe it has to be hard? And then, and actually looking at it, what is making it hard? Well, mm -hmm. I'm doing everything. Right. That was it. I was doing everything. And so the delegating and the being very intentional with my time, I'm closing my door. So if I, if that has to be done today, I better get to it because I'm closing my door. Right. Um, I think that just made a, a huge shift. That's super um, cool. I also think when you put things out to the universe, you can get what you're asking for. So I think, you know, that shift of I'm closing my door, I want more of a life. And um, I know that I can uh, bring in more revenue if I have more energy and just the belief in that as well also came back to me. Yeah. And I think another piece of that is with you stepping away and not working as much you're letting go. And I think that there is a certain energy of like letting go that enables us to attract more business. Because if we are so like focused and so like connected to our business and we're holding on tight to, you know, all of the things that need to get done and, and all the decisions that need to be made, there's this energy of like holding on that doesn't allow 
for things to come in. And when we let go, and which was what you did, you kind of let go of the business to focus on other areas of your life. It's like you're releasing and allowing like energy to flow. I don't yes. know if you're spiritual at all. I'm but, a little woo. I'm not woo woo, but I'm okay. a little woo. <laughs> I'm not like super woo woo, but yeah. I am woo yeah. enough yeah. <laughs> to believe that that letting go um, enables energy to flow and money is energy. And so therefore you attracted more money yeah. and revenue. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And just uh, like you said, letting go, it brings calm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I do agree with that. I, I, I do believe in that. So it's like when we tell people about, you know, um, when they're working with a, a not so, uh, ideal client mm -hmm. and we're like, if you let them go, the right one can come in. But if you don't let go, you won't have room for that person. And right. I think that's exactly what, what you've uh, highlighted for me, because that really is, I think what it is. I, I was holding so tight. Mm -hmm. um, when you're passionate about what you do, sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it and there isn't, right. you have to be intentional. So that mindset shift for me and purposely and intentionally working on, uh, the mindset and knowing, like I knew that was the issue because there was no other reason that I wasn't doing, um, as well as I thought. And I knew that it had to be a mindset issue sure. for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's kind of dive into like your expertise. Maybe what we can do is just start with educating the listeners. Um, for those of you that don't know, what is an online business manager and maybe how do they differ from like a virtual assistant? Okay. So an online business manager, what we do is actually in our name. So we manage businesses mm -hmm. um, and we typically work, with entrepreneurs that only have an online presence. Now that has really shifted in the last few years. There was a lot more uh, offline businesses or bricks and mortars coming online. So there's like a hybrid as well. Mm -hmm. But as a business manager, we are there to make sure that um, we have this little saying that the right stuff gets done by the right people at the right time in the right way. Mm -hmm. We are there to manage the business. So we're there to support the uh, CEO of the business taking things off their plate. We're helping with planning. We're helping with people. So managing the team, hiring the team, holding them accountable. Um, we are uh, looking at processes. So again, mm -hmm. the good side of corporate, which is that there's a reason that we document what we do so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel every day over and over and over again. So we like to have a process in place so someone can go on vacation and someone can fill in mm -hmm. and the person on vacation doesn't have to dread coming back because it was all done wrong while they were gone. You're right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and then like progress. So project management, um, we create that central hub for our, uh, our clients, like for their business, because we are not in a typical office space. There's no place where people can just mingle around. So we, hang out in a project management tool. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we do project management like in the offline world where, you know, there's so many criterias and so many things that are in it. It's, I find it simpler. It's a lot of detail. So don't get me wrong. There's a right. lot of detail in what we do, but it is uh, not necessarily the same as um, what other project managers have done in the uh, corporate world. Um, and then we, you know, we're really there to just, you know, support the team. So mm -hmm. I am very people oriented when it comes to my team. Like I am not, I'm not techie people and you don't have to be techie to be a business manager. We right. are making decisions at that 30,000 foot view with the CEO, mm -hmm. but we can get into the details. So the team has what they need in order to move forward. So we are responsible for everything getting done in the business. So we are responsible that projects are getting completed, that plans are being made, goals are being set and we're driving uh, the business and the tasks and the team to achieve those goals. When we talk about a virtual assistant, first of all, virtual assistants um, do the task work. So they might be the person responsible for your website, your social media. They could be a copywriter. Virtual assistant's a wide term. It, it doesn't necessarily um, cover everything that someone could do. So they might niche down. So we say virtual assistant, but there's a wide variety of freelancers in that title. Right. And they're responsible for doing their role. 
So that's what they're responsible for. So if someone is uh, has a role of a social media manager, that's all they do. They're doing the social media. I mean, they can wear other hats, but that's all they're responsible for is what you've asked them to do. As a business manager, we're responsible for them. We're, we're responsible for the tech person who's sending out your emails. We're responsible for the web person. Um, we are responsible for the whole business. Mm -hmm. And so the main difference is I specialize in managing the higher level and the right. whole team as a whole. And uh, a freelancer or a virtual assistant is responsible for their own expertise and owning their role. And right. I never like to think of it as a level. It is a role. I right. am awesome at planning and managing and supporting a team. And other people are really good at making campaigns and sending out emails and tagging and understanding all the code. That is beyond my scope. Right. And and so we want to hire experts in this online space, or we get to actually, we get to hire experts in this online space because we're not also um, having to choose from just somebody who happens to live two blocks over or in our town. We get to look at people from all over the world who could be a wonderful, great fit for our teams. Awesome. Yeah, I think that uh, explains it it well. Um, just to, maybe even to give it a an example. Um, I am a certified uh, OBM, but I'm a certified master marketer, right? And so I have on my team a virtual assistant, a social media content writer, a copywriter, a graphic designer, and a website designer. Me as the marketing manager and certified online business manager, I am managing that whole team. I'm helping manage the client's business and helping them set their vision and set their goals. I'm setting up the whole project plan for the team. I am managing the team and making sure that the team gets the things done that they're supposed to get done. If one of my team members leaves, then I have to hire another virtual professional to replace that person. And so I think I, I think you gave good, you know, a good example um, of like the differences between because what I find is that a lot of times business owners will hire a virtual assistant and I'm talking about a general VA and they're looking for that virtual assistant to fill the shoes of an online business manager. They're wanting them to set up the processes. They're wanting them to manage the team. They're wanting to them to be like self-sufficient and not need any, any help. And it just, is just not the role of a virtual assistant. No, it's not. And some uh, entrepreneurs are hiring executive assistants and also expecting them to be an online business manager. And so let me define that role for you as well. Okay. Again, the OBM is responsible for everything getting done in the business, making sure that we're heading towards those goals. We're meeting milestones. We know what the plan is. We're making pivots. An executive assistant is there to assist the CEO in their role, that person they are assisting. So they are not responsible for everyone else doing their work. They're not mm -hmm. responsible for wrangling those people. They are responsible for making sure that the CEO has time on their calendar to do the work that we as OBMs request that they do. Right. We, they are there to manage their inbox. They are there to support that person in uh, finding the time. And maybe they do follow up with an OBM or a team member because they've been asked to, hey, can you follow up with that person and get me the answer? They're, but they're there to support the CEO himself or herself. They are not there to run the business. And so sometimes uh, CEOs think, well, this person is managing me so well, they can just manage the team and they can manage all the projects. Something's gonna give. You are If you are managing the CEO and now you're managing the business as well, something's gonna suffer. Mm -hmm. Because the roles are separate. Right. And sometimes as an online business manager, we push back on our clients with priorities, plans, mm -hmm. the treatment of the team, the workload. Right. And that's not really the role of an executive assistant to question the CEO and to push back. That is right. That's our role.
Right. So it's a it's a different role. Don't don't expect too much because if we get pulled in the weeds ourselves, mm-hmm. balls will drop. This is why we need to stay at that thirty thousand foot view. This is why we're actually there to help the client. This is why when you're ready for a business manager to come in, it's going to free you up to do more of what you're great at. Maybe you have to do some more research or define the goals better or whatever it is that you have to to maybe shift in yourself to grow your business or to scale your business, which are different things. Um, You can bring in the business manager to take that workload off um, so that we're managing the day-to-day for you. And so you need a business that's ready for someone to manage the day-to-day as well. So I think we're probably going to touch on that. Yeah, I I was just going to say, that's a great segue. Let's talk about like how you know you're ready for an online business manager. So I have my own little set of rules here about when you're ready. There's right. there's times when you can work with a uh, an online business manager in a project role mm-hmm. um, when you're not ready for one full time. But for me, I'm looking for uh, a business that has um, you know at least one. But I'm I'm more of a two to three team members on your team, okay, and that you have consistent recurring revenue in your business in in the range of 10 to $20,000 a month in revenue. So I'm not talking profit, I'm talking revenue. Okay. And and here's why. I mean, we all got into business to make money and to support ourselves and whatever else that we decided to get in business for. So you have to be able to pay yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have to pay taxes. So right. that's another thing. Then we have to be able to pay the team of doers, the people that you actually hired that are on your team already. Right. And then you can bring in a business manager at that point. So the reason I'm saying that I want you to have consistent recurring revenue and at a higher level is because it has to be beneficial for everyone. It has to be the right timing. And I'm not saying that everyone doesn't want an OBM and everyone needs one. That's, I wish we could work with everyone. Right. But just to be fair, you went into business to make money. And if you are giving that money to another manager, it's not going to last long, right? So you need to make sure that you are supporting yourself and whatever the needs are for your business. And so that number could be 10,000 for one person, 20 for another and 40 for another. Like Mm -hmm. we don't know what that number is, but you need to be able to pay yourself what you're looking to pay yourself. You need to be able to pay your taxes. We got to put that stuff aside because they'll come and get us later, whatever. And we need to be able to pay that team. And as your business grows, your team is going to grow as well. So that number can be ever changing. And some people have more costs involved with their business than other people. So that number again can shift, but it really is about making sure that when you hire an OBM, that we're going to come in long-term. Like that's the other reason it's consistent recurring revenue. We don't want to come in for a month and then have you tell us, oh, I can't really afford you anymore. Or we tell you, you can't afford us anymore. Right. We don't want that. If you can't afford us. That doesn't mean that you can't work with a specific OBM on a package. Like they might have an offer for you to help you get more organized or to help you with a specific thing that you want to get accomplished, but they're in and out of your Mm -hmm. business and you're still managing your team and your day-to-day. So I know one of the questions that is going through listeners' minds, um, or maybe even they've encountered this, and that is the sticker shock between hiring a virtual assistant or an executive assistant and hiring an OBM. I like to be upfront with, uh, with clients. So let's talk about what are the typical range that you should be paying a virtual assistant or executive system executive assistant. And what is the typical range when you hire an OBM? So um, virtual assistants can have like a wide range of dollar amounts. So in North America, depending on the role, you could pay anywhere from $20, maybe low end, some are even lower um, Mm -hmm. and newly starting out and just figuring out their own costs, like their own pricing. But I think typically you're looking at that $35 to $50 Mm -hmm. range for a North American OBM. Different parts of the world, people have different pricing. Um, So it just OBM or virtual assistant? Virtual assistant. Yes, 25 25 to 50, especially if they're an executive assistant. 
Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And if they specialize in anything, because sometimes, like, here's the thing, it, you can have someone who knows a little bit of everything, which can be wonderful when you're at a certain level. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into a bigger team, it's nice to have specialties and experts. Yes. And so we pay more for them, but you're literally getting more. You're getting that expertise. They yes. know how to fix problems. They're, they're owning it. They can give you advice. And so if you had to pay somebody who didn't really know what they were doing, let's say you're paying them $25 an hour and they're figuring it out and you're paying that time. And then right. you have the expert who's charging you $50 an hour or more, and it takes them 20 minutes right. because they literally have a system. They know how it's working. They can get in and they can get out. And so you're actually saving money by paying for the expert. Right. So it depends. And if you have a budget that is the $20 an hour for your virtual assistant, then you are going to spend more time training that person up into the role. It's just, right. it is what it is. Um, when it comes to an online business manager, we don't typically charge hourly. We charge by packages or a retainer rate. Mm -hmm. And while it might feel like it's based on hours, it is actually based on results and the size of your team, how many launches you're doing, what's going on in the business and what we feel we can do for a certain amount of money. So yes, there's a little bit of time in our calculation, mm -hmm. um, but we don't charge an hourly rate. That's not what we're doing. We're coming in saying, you have this big of a team, you have this much going on in your business. I can sort of calculate in my head what I think that might take me, but it could be longer. Right. Um, there could be ebbs and flows in your business. So there's times where there's maybe a little less work and then there's times when there's a lot more work happening in your business. So we're trying to deliver on results. Mm -hmm. And so we do retainers and um, you can find uh, some OBMs that will do like a 20, you know, or whatever, like, a, what is it like? Uh, let's say 2000, not 20, $2,000 for uh, a small team with not much going on. Mm -hmm. But you might also have a bigger team where somebody is charging you um, $6,000, $8,000. I've even right. seen OBMs charging $10,000 a month when there's a big team and there's so much going on right. uh, in a business. I mean, I've seen business owners that are um, coaching and doing courses and they have a podcast and um, they have a YouTube channel and they're doing a lot of social media and a lot of repurposing and they have big plans for the future and they're changing up their website branding. Oh my goodness. They can do a lot in a year. Some of right. these people and they're going to pay for that. They're going to pay for someone who's going to be in there coordinating all of that. So, and some OBMs actually come with a team, right? So some will, mm -hmm. will bring a team True. Um, or, or maybe not a whole team. Maybe we'll bring, uh, maybe we have access to somebody that is like a boutique agency. We'll call it. Like, oh, you don't have a podcast manager on your team and you want to start a podcast. I know uh, I've got someone on my team that can help us get that set up. They're in and they're out. Right. You know, so there's different ways that an, an OBM can work. But, you know, I would say typically a, a business that's ready for an OBM, and I don't want to say full-time because full-time, by the way, uh, for me, full-time means the amount of hours I'm willing to work. I'm willing to work. Right. Not what you think I need to work when I'm willing to work. <laughs> that's right. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the, that's how I determine. So if I say to, to someone, you are going to be um, my only client, it doesn't mean that I'm going to work what you think is 40 hours a week in your business. It just means you are my main focus. Right. Um, and you have my, all of my attention. That's right. what it means. Right. Um, and again, you're paying for the results. So I, I think typically people can expect to pay between three and $5,000 a month for an OBM. Mm -hmm. And if your team is bigger and you do more launches and you have a lot going on, right, you're going to pay more. And it is about managing the team. You might not think it is. And this is the other thing. A lot of business owners think that everything takes five minutes. And I get it. When you were bootstrapping your business, it did take you five minutes, but you probably didn't look at the clock and it took you 20. Um, and there's a reason that you're not getting the things out of your team that you need. And that's because you're not managing it well enough. And it does take time to manage and support yes. a team. It takes longer than people think. And so the more team members you have, yes, we can do more specialized things for you and, and get more done. However, as the OBM, I am managing more people. Right. And that's more dynamics and there's more 
uh, shifting of things, right? There's a lot of multitasking. A lot that goes more tasks you're managing, a lot more communications that you're managing. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. yeah, it is definitely uh, more based on results. So that's what you're looking for. Okay. And, and also uh, business owners should be looking at uh, realistic expectations. So when okay. I say that, it's like um, we want to do it all but we need to do it based on the vision and the goals and the resources. And that's why an online business manager is so important because we try to bring the reality check. We're not trying to say no to all your wonderful mm -hmm. ideas. We are just trying to bring reality into what you want to do in the next year, right. the next three years. We're just trying to, you know, that's a great idea. I love it. We need more money. How are we going to make more money so that we right. can bring that to life? That's a wonderful idea. We need two more team members to help pull that together for you. We don't have that yet. I know that you want it now. So what are we going to prioritize in order to make that happen for you? So we're there to really support you using data, um, you know, and, and supporting the team in order to, to bring your vision to life. I like, um, I think I've heard the term used uh, to describe it OBM is they are the container for the business owner. So especially like if you are a visionary uh, type business owner and a visionary has a lot of great ideas. They're usually quick starts and they have a ton of different ideas and they're like just spouting off. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And, and the OBM is the container. It's the one that holds the space for all of those ideas, but they're also the ones that, like you said, determine when can we get this done? How are we going to get this done? How much is it going to cost to get this done? Like what's realistic for us to get this done? Um, let's put this on the back burner and let's focus on this. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest values of an OBM. Right. I, I agree. Being that container for all of that, we are definitely like your champion. So as an online business manager, when I select clients that I work with, it is because uh, I'm motivated to be part of that team. Mm -hmm. And I fully support you in your impact, in your messaging. And I want you to bring all of your vision and all of your dreams for your business to life. And I am there to help guide you when we have unrealistic expectations, so you don't feel like you're let down or you're not achieving your goals, we just might have to pivot, do something a little differently, find a different way. It's, I am literally, the, I'm probably your best champion. I mean, mm -hmm. when we work online, we typically work with contractors. Right. And as an OBM, we're a contractor as well, but we're not employees and you're not hiring employees typically in this space. And so as much as you are super passionate about your business, you also have to realize that we're there to help you uh, work smarter with that. So you can, you love your business, you know, 125%. I love it 100, 100%, maybe 95%. And the team members that are doing the work have lots of other clients as well. Like a, a lot of VAs can typically have like 15 clients. So they have lots of clients they're trying to manage. And so they're not an employee. So when you think well, everyone should just like buckle down and get this done for me is not realistic when you're working with a contractor mm -hmm. because you are not their sole source of revenue for their business. They have others, you know, so we need to be there to help manage that. We right. want to support the contractors. What do you need? We want to make sure that there's planning involved. So there's ample time for that kind of stuff. And we're bringing that reality to you because you get the benefit of hiring a contractor, but you have to then allow there to be planning and space right. uh, in order for all of that to be achieved. So we are your biggest champion, but you can't expect that from everyone on the team because they would have started your kind of business if they wanted to be you. They started a different type of business right? and they're serving other people. So let's talk about um, in order to be successful, with an OBM. I think we've covered a lot of what an OBM does and like the benefits to uh, an online business uh, person like having an OBM. Let's talk about to be successful with an OBM. What has to happen mentally? 
for the CEO of the business? Where did they like, what kind of mindsets do they need to have to be successful with an OBM? I'm so glad you brought this up because actually when I talked about when is someone ready for an OBM, mm -hmm. I talked about money and I, and the size of the team. What I left out was you have to be ready from a mindset point of view as well. Some mm -hmm. people are not ready for someone to come in and um, help run that business. So if you are a micromanager with no plans to try to improve yourself to not be a micromanager, right? hiring an online business manager is not going to work for you because the idea is that you are going to let go and delegate the business, not the whole business. We're not abdicating our business to an OBM, but we're going to handle the operation side and try to take as much work off your plate. But when we do that, um, you need to be able to let go. You need to be able to, um, I don't know, uh, how do I say this? Uh, dive into some, a little bit of self-development. Like you have to be curious and open to do things differently when you're working with an online business manager. You have to be able to let go. You have to learn to trust. It doesn't mean that you don't check. I mean, again, as any business owner, we have to check that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. We have to know our numbers. We have to, you know, we have to still be in our business. So I, I just want to also make that clear. We sure. still have to be in our business as a CEO. Mm -hmm. um, but you need to be willing to let go. You need to be able to uh, understand that your team is going to make mistakes right. and they're going to find solutions and they're going to correct those solutions. So when you're ready to work with an online business manager, you are really ready to step into being a CEO. You no longer want to be the bottleneck of your business. Mm -hmm. You are not the go-to person for every little thing happening in your business. Um, you're, you're ready to kind of actually look at where we're gonna go in the future. So now mm -hmm. you're starting to become a real visionary. Where are we going to be next year? Where are we going to be in three years, in five years? How can I serve my uh, audience and my client base better? All of a sudden you're shifting into that 40,000 foot view. So an OBM might be at 30, right. we're, we're hearing, but you're now shifting into this other uh, space. And sometimes CEOs don't know what to do with themselves when they're not doing all the stuff. Yeah. Right. That can be a challenge as yes. well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to be ready, you have to be ready to let go and to delegate and to stop being a micromanager. Right. It doesn't mean that you don't build trust. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it's, this person's making me do it that way, my way or the highway. Well, build that trust with that CEO so that we can figure out what is it that you're looking for? And then let's do that your way for a little while. How's it working? It's mm -hmm. working great. We're going to keep it up. You know, it could actually be improved a little bit and then building that trust so that we can then make some small changes over time to where they really begin to trust us and we can uh, run that business for them. So there's, there can be a shift, but you have to be willing to step into the CEO role, like lose the name solopreneur, mm -hmm. right? When you're hiring that team and hiring an OBM, you are moving into the CEO role. The business should run without you. It doesn't mean that we don't need you. Like again, right. you can't abdicate your business, right? but you can go on holidays and you shouldn't have to check in with your team. You right. That, the OBM that is, is doing that for you. Yes. The OBM is doing that for you. So we want you to do all of those things. So again, like I talked about earlier, I realized I had more energy and creativity and it will affect the business. The more mm -hmm. you step into that role and uh, give yourself those things that you wanted out of your business in the first place. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I, I love the way you just how you describe that, that you need to be ready to be the real CEO of your business. And if you look at the CEO of any big corporation, you know, they are not in the weeds. They are not like, they don't even know half the time what's going on with a lot of their team members, right? They're more with the senior management and your OBM is your senior manager. Uh, so that's who you're working with. And it's, it's freeing. You know, I would really, you know, I haven't gotten to that point yet of like, you know, bringing on, I think because I am an OBM myself. So it's like, and I love managing my team, but one day I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to need an OBM uh, as well. And it will be, I know it will be very hard to 
not manage my team because I love working with my team, it will be very hard to trust that things are getting done, that the clients are being uh, served at the level that I would want them to be served. So there is a, a definite mindset shift and definite growth that has to happen to really be the CEO of your business. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a, it's not even um, the delegating part. Sometimes we need that inspiration from outside. So when you're stepping into that CEO role, what is it that you envisioned for your life? I like mm -hmm. to ask the CEOs that, oh, I want to be walking on the beach and spending more time here and there. And so when they're not disconnecting enough, when they're not delegating enough, it is you brought me in here so you could have this freedom and that will help you with the shift. So when we are afraid to let go because we have a certain standard we want to make sure is met, that's where training and processes will come in place. Mm -hmm. And and I get it as an OBM, we're so used to doing all the managing and we love talking to people and it's part of what brings us joy. But when we're stepping into that CEO role, you again need to be intentional. So everything's about intention. I'm stepping into this role because when I do this and I delegate to my team and we might do it slowly and over time, but now I'm going to go get to do these things mm -hmm. that I really, really have been wanting to do and have been looking at for a long time. And, you know, as we're building that trust with our OBM and with our team over time, it really does become freeing and you'll, and they won't want to go back. So right. this is like, like a, like a, a person that's been in business for a long time that's making higher revenue than some other business owners, and they've maybe had an OBM they've worked with in the past and a new one comes in because sometimes what got you here won't get you there. You might have right. a different personality or something. Um, but what I like to see in that is that they're better and better at delegating is what I'm noticing. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the bigger the team, the higher the revenue, um, and the, the maybe they've gone through a couple of OBMs over time. Again, like, again, what, what got you here might not get you there. So what I like, though, is that they're usually really good at delegating at that point. Like right. they, they figured it out. Um, I didn't, you know, I needed to bring you in because you specialize in this. And the other one didn't want to work that many hours and um, thought my team was too big for them now. And so they were, you know, I brought in someone else. And all of a sudden the energy changes. But I think they learn, like CEOs learn over time. Oh, that was really good. Oh, right. I didn't like this so much. I'll address that when I work with the next person. But man, I love this. I know what I'm looking for. I'm getting that feeling. Yes. And I think the more support you get, um, the easier it's going to get for you to let go. Right. And I think the, the one last thing that I want to mention about like mindset, I think that the CEO needs to be ready and able to be challenged. <laughs> yes, because yes, yes. Um, an OBM, if, if they're a good OBM and they're doing a good job, uh, they are not afraid to push back on the CEO, not in a mean way, not in an unhelpful way, but in a in a real way that they feel is beneficial to the business. I mean, they are seeing things that maybe you're not seeing as the CEO, and they will challenge you. And it doesn't mean that their way is the highway and you have to do things their way, but you have to be open to saying, interesting, that's an interesting perspective. I didn't think about things that way. I'm willing to try that and see how it works out. For sure, I, that is 100%. You have to be open to someone challenging your ideas. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, we're not trying to say no, we're saying that your ideas aren't good, but we actually, when you hire us, you hire us, thank you CEO for hiring us, um, but we are there to serve the business right. and not you. Like you're there and you are, you might think you're the business, but we want you to be the CEO, mm -hmm. not a solopreneur. We want you to be the CEO. And as the CEO, you're trying to do what's in the best interest of the business. And so are we. And so that might mean that we might challenge you on certain things, but we're, and we're really there to be your partner. So we right. want to be that sounding board. We want to say, yeah, you know, um, I, I like what you're wanting to do. I've been with you for a while and 
we might want to do that, do some testing first on something because I don't feel like our audience is going to resonate with that. We're not saying you're wrong, but we might want to um, just have you do some testing. We might come to you and say, you know, the way that you um, uh, spoke to that team member today on the team meeting that you were in was really um, not a great way to handle that. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to push back and we're going to tell you that. We're also going to expect you to tell us. Right. We, we want you to tell us that what's working well, what's not working well. Absolutely. With us, we have these uncomfortable conversations, but we are pushing back because we're doing what's in the best interest of the business. And sometimes as a CEO, you will be like upset because we're trying to tell you that maybe you, maybe you shouldn't go on vacation um, and get back, get back from vacation two days before the launch is happening and you got to go live. We might have some things that we would appreciate if you could come back to sure. work a little bit sooner. It's small things like that, that we're not saying, oh yeah, stay away, come back five minutes before your first call in the launch, <laughs> because we want you to be refreshed. We're going to say, eh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe exactly. not. Oh, you're going to that place that has no internet and you promised the team you would have these things ready for them to edit. Can you go to a different hotel for the day? Or like, we're going right. to be challenging you because we're doing what's best for the business. We're, we're, we're looking out for your team, but we're looking out for your customers and your clients and your audience. Yes. We want to make sure that you're fulfilling on those promises that you made. Right. Um, right. Besides the goal. And, um, you know, the one thing that, we didn't really talk about is OBMs are also going to bring you numbers, right? We love mm -hmm. metrics and data. And so sometimes you might have a gut feeling as well. And as mm -hmm. an OBM, we might challenge you with that gut feeling based on numbers. Like, hey, right. the numbers don't support that. It doesn't mean that we can't test your idea, but we might not want you to go all in right. with something unless we've done some testing. And I think I've said this a couple of times, but testing, think of it as playing. Think of it as like a little bit of information and am I on the right track? And, you know, I'd probably say about, I don't know, 75 or even up to 90% of the time, business owners actually do have great ideas that are moving in the right direction. Right. But every so often they need uh, a reality check with some numbers mm -hmm. and we can say those, those numbers are supporting you. You were right. Or, you know, that number is a little off. What do you want to tweak? What right. do you want to change? So we are, we are there to challenge you. So I do like that. You have to be willing to be challenged and, and again, give the feedback to the OBM because we want that as well. We are, right. we're professionals. Yes. Yes. So let's um, help the listeners understand. Let's say they've listened to this and they're like, oh my God, I'm so ready for an OBM. Where do you find an OBM? Well, for me, the easiest place to find an OBM is at the uh, uh, International Association of Online Business Managers, which is where the certified OBMs hang out. Okay. Um, you can go there and look through the directory and you can search and filter words, or you can just scan through and find uh, OBMs in there. You could submit a request for proposal. So tell us all about you, all of your goals for your business, what's working, what's not, what are the tools, mm -hmm. um, you know, what your budget is, and you will have people that will uh, submit a proposal or reach out to you. Uh, when you're looking for uh, an OBM, what I lo love about our certified OBM community is that we are all uh, trained on the same foundational stuff. So mm -hmm. no matter who you get through that directory, we've gone through the same training. Because mm -hmm. here's the nice thing. We always update the training in for OBMs that haven't recently, you know, gone through the program, but they get the updates. We have a community that supports each other. And this is the biggest win. I just, I want to share a, can I share a tiny story about how yes. our community is Absolutely. so awesome? Yes. So I am not techie. I think I've said that everyone in our community, there's over 400 people in our community. They all know I'm not techie. I wear it like a badge of honor mm -hmm. that I'm okay. not techie. And I had a client that was doing this launch and she had her coach promoting us. So he sent an email to hundreds of thousands of people saying, check out my colleague's website. She's got this great program. Uh, the website did not turn on in the morning with the little timer thingy. Okay. And he was getting customer service emails. Oh. So my web person was a digital nomad and he happened to be in Costa Rica and he had warned me the day before the timer set. It's all going to work. Don't worry about it. 
Um, and here is, there's a storm coming through. So if it doesn't work, email me, I'll get it, but don't worry, it's going to work. So of course he jinxed it, <laughs> went to the universe, the universe made it true. Um, so I came into the community and I said, this is what is happening right now with my client. We have a huge launch day one. It didn't turn on. Um, I need help. Who can help me talk to a person who can fix this? Not an email intro. I need it now. Right. I went in there. I had a couple people respond with, they thought they had someone they could hook me up with. And then there was another certified OBM in that community who was very techie. So we have lots of smart cookies in a mm -hmm. variety of backgrounds and jumped on a call with me, looked at the project management uh, task outline that we had. And she said, I think I can help you. And so she went in, we, I let her in, she fixed it in 15 minutes. And when we were done, I was like, send me an invoice. I don't care. Thank you so much. We were up and running. And she was like, no charge, um, which I'm still flabbergasted at because I'm willing to pay. Um, but she said, I know you'll give it back. I know you'll give it back in another way. I know you're not techie. You will give it back in support to another member in a different way. I am happy to help you out. And what happened was my client herself was super impressed because she was like, uh, you had a community that supported you. They weren't supporting me. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, no, they were not supporting you. They were supporting me. We have all these great people in our community. And so there's, there's additional support with hiring a certified OBM. Like we're not going to come and rescue and do a whole bunch of things for a, a random client, but just know that the person that is serving on your team has this huge network of support. We have, you know, extra mentoring in our group mm -hmm. um, they can come for advice. Uh, we have the members themselves will have coffees with people to help them figure out a problem and support them. There's nothing else like that out there. And probably in a lot of other types of associations that is not out there. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about like an accounting association, are there just random people around to help you out? Right. Maybe, maybe not. In our community, we are there to support each other. So even when... Uh, we need advice with tools and tech, but people can come in and say, hey, I'm trying this new tool. There is a lot of support. So yes, I love our industry. I love the certified OBM community. I love the fact that we all have the same base knowledge. And then you find the person that is niching in something that is really relevant to your business or your personality. And knowing that they have a support system behind them as well is, I know the benefit of it. So I can never say enough about mm -hmm. being a certified OBM. Um, Cause I think it's really, really important. Um, I don't know if you want to put a link later to where they can find the association to hire. Yeah, it's uh, onlinebusinessmanagers.com, right? Or onlinebusinessmanager.com. Yeah, okay. just onlinebusinessmanager.com. I will, I will drop then, out the link in the show notes. Okay, awesome. Because there's a spot where it says hire an OBM and you can click the button and it'll take you to, Perfect. to fill that out. Okay, so, um, let me just end on, we have covered so, 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 so much. And I like to end in just a very lighthearted way by asking you, like, what is a book or a TV show or a podcast that you are currently binging that you love? Okay. So I am a geek. I don't know why, but I, I, I'm a geek. So I love all things kind of like Star Trek. So okay. I just finished, we just finished. Uh, Star Trek Strange New World. Okay. Um, we just finished that, but there's like a variety of things that I like. So I love like Big Bang and um, I loved the series um, Shit's Creek. And oh, I also God, loved, I love that one. Yes, I know. love it. And, and The Good Place. Um, I love positive, uplifting, uh, different kind of uh, thinking mm -hmm. things. I mean, and Star Trek fits because they're trying to make a better world in the future, right? So I, I kind of tend towards those things that make you think a little bit um, mm -hmm. and that are a little fun because what we do is serious, but I still like to have a lot of fun when I'm working with my team and when I am watching TV, that might be what it is. But if I do have a book recommendation that I wish I had read this years and years ago, but I didn't, which is The Alchemist. So okay. if someone has not read that book, uh, it is a very, very good book to read. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I just want to say thank you so much uh, for, for being here, for sharing your expertise. I think that we've given uh, the 
coaches uh, that are listening a lot to think about. And I think you're going to know when you're ready for an OBM, it is going to be one of the best investments that you can make in your business. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast and for doing this for people so that yeah. they can build those better businesses. So I, I really love what you're doing. So thank you for having me, Lori. Of course. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Boosting Business Breakthroughs podcast. Want to hear more business breakthrough ideas? I'll be back next week with a new episode to help you grow your coaching business. If you enjoyed listening, make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating, and tell all your coach friends where to find us. Head over to boostingbusinessbreakthroughs.com to learn more. Thanks for listening, and remember, your next business breakthrough is waiting for you.